welcome back to the Colopsia podcast. I'm your host, Sydney, and this week I wanted us to talk about respect and respect, how to command respect when it comes to yourself, but also how to command it when it comes to others. Now, I did just have the little foamy ball thingy on it, but I kind of think it sounds better without, so I took it off. But how have you guys been? Um, Little update from me, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the topic of the week, but I don't know why this week I just had a sudden urge to invest in this podcast because, I mean, I have that little tiny little baby microphone that I don't know if you guys have seen. I don't, I posted a couple videos on YouTube, so maybe you could have seen it through there, but it's this tiny little handheld, probably the size of a penny, the literal, the actual microphone. And I was like, Sydney, why do you keep living like this? Why not just get a real one? And I thought it was going to be like crazy expensive and they are really good ones and I'm still saving up for those, but I got this one for the time being and I hope that we can all enjoy it and hopefully this kind of ups the quality Um, but yeah, I thought it would be important for me to invest in myself because I feel like at this stage where I'm nearing my graduation from college, I'm kind of at the stage where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my goals, I mean, I know what my goals are to a certain extent, but I don't really know, um, you know, what career path I want to go down once I do graduate. But I... I'm enjoying doing this podcast and I thought that I would continue to enjoy doing this podcast. So I thought it's 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 about it's about time to buy myself a microphone, but okay, I'll stop talking about it now, but I was so excited about it and I've been wanting to record all week and I'm like Sydney, wait, like Sydney, like you just did the other one, whatever, like maybe let the topic that you want to talk about ruminate. I do that every week and then I leave it until the very last second and now it's Friday when I'm supposed to be posting this episode and it's 11:20 p.m. Sydney, why? Just why? But We'll see if this gets up quickly enough. I'm dealing with new tech here, and so I just, I can't guarantee whether it's going to be a Friday late, late night type of thing, or if it's going to be a Saturday really early morning type of post. So we shall both find out, but that's my little update of the week. I've been really excited about this mic, and I am happy to be back. So, a few months back, I did an episode on confidence and how to have your confidence. I kind of, like, did a response of sorts to this TED Talk I had listened to. And one of the big things that I took away from doing that episode and watching that TED Talk is that confidence has a lot to do with the amount of respect that you hold for yourself. And it's a lot about having to earn that respect. Now, what do I mean by that? A lot of lack of confidence is essentially due to your not being able to find yourself capable nor impressive in any shape or form. Now, I mean, that sounds like depression, (laughs) but I mean, that's often the case with, you know, a lack of self-confidence that's often going to lead to feelings of depression. But that confidence can be earned and you earn that 
by, you know, disciplining yourself into curating, you know, your possible day-to-day life or not even just day-to-day life, but your approach to certain things and just having those things that you find impressive about yourself. And while sometimes we think that these are, you know, these crazy, hard-to-reach feelings, it's always, how can she be so confident? How is that happening? It's almost like it's mythology. <laughs> my goodness, I was going to make up a word. Mythologized? Did I make that up? Possibly. But it's kind of like a myth of sorts, like that certain confidence that, you know, Regina George might have had in Mean Girls. It's like, how did she get to that level? Um, but one of the, you know, realistic ways to get that is through discipline. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Discipline and your ability to hone in a craft, whether that be a creative craft or a fitness journey or whatever it may be, being able to stick to that goal and being able to show up for yourself again and again and again and to see progress because you will see progress if you're able to remain consistent and disciplined with yourself, that kind of earns you those cool creds. And while it might seem cool to others, the first person it's going to affect is you because you're the one putting in all that time, all that energy. You're going to start to grow in a way that you might not have anticipated or expected. And While I talk a lot about how the ego is bad, blah, 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 having your ego fed in this way, I do believe is healthy and necessary in order to maintain a certain amount of self-love and, you know, avoiding that sort of self-loathing, self-deprecating voice that we often have in our heads. And beyond that, you know, particular type of praise you may, you know, receive for that honed craft, whether that is being able to maintain, um, let's say it's like weightlifting, that you become a bodybuilder. And this is, this is a wild example, but like, let's say that you become a bodybuilder. That's something that people are going to see and they're going to think it's cool. But beyond that, it's going to prove to yourself, it's like, okay, this is where I came from. This is where I've, I've come. I've put in this amount of energy. I've put in this amount of time. I've chosen my goal again and again and again over, you know, those negative energy, you know, activities that would pull away from your advancement in said goal. You know, you're also achieving a certain amount of trust and security with yourself and your capability. Because going back to lack of confidence, right? You don't think that you are capable of doing a certain thing. You don't think that you're capable of a certain act of bravery. You don't think that you, you know, would, can deserve the, um, you don't think you might deserve attention, whether that's from friends or romantic relations, all of that type of thing. You don't think you're capable and you don't think you're deserving. But the thing with discipline is you kind of have to push that narrative out of your mind. And instead, you have to feed your mind saying, I am worth this effort. I am worth continuing along with this goal. My wants for the current time being may not outweigh, you know, the possible growth and the possible 
um, enhancement that sticking to this goal, sticking to my discipline towards this goal is going to eventually um, give me. I don't know if that made any sense. The thing with discipline is that you cannot out allow your wants to take over your needs. You can't allow your, um, you know, what if you want to go to the gym and you're just like, ugh, I am, you know, so exhausted. Let's, I do this to myself like every week. I go through this battle every single week. So on Sundays, I work at the coffee shop. I work from eight to four typically. And, you know, I don't want to waste the rest of my day. You know, I want to do something else because an eight to four is a mid, right? You can't really do anything before you go to work. And if you go all the way home, you're probably not going to go back out again. So I'm like, okay, let me go to the gym because my gym is about a 15, 20 minute walk away from where I work. And so I'll tell myself, oh my God, I'm exhausted. My feet are aching. My back hurts. And sometimes the answer is not to push you guys. The answer is to actually go home, take a nap, and then maybe head out again, just force myself to head out again. But I know myself and I know that if I go home, I'm not going to be able to stick to the plan that I wanted for myself for that day. So what I'll do is I'll push through. I'm not, you know, abiding to my wants of the current time being, but instead I'm abiding to my need for, you know, this phase of my life, my need for, you know, a um, healthy, you know, body in which I can feel comfortable and I can feel strong and all of those types of things, whatever drives you to do whatever you want to do. But it's assessing when I need to put my needs over my wants. And sometimes, your wants are going to need some time to shine. And that's when you go into, you know, self-care and self, you know, preservation. And I mean, listen to the babysitting yourself episode because I think that'll say everything I want to communicate right now. Sometimes you just got to, you just got to listen to your brain and what it tells you. Because if you push yourself too far, you never know what's going to happen. I'm going to take a really quick side note because you guys, you guys, I had the wildest anxiety come down the other day. And one thing about me, right, I don't actually have like clinical anxiety. Yes, I get anxious, but that's normal. I feel like most people do. The other day, I was put in a situation in which I needed to speak to someone in a higher position of power. And, you know, wherever that is, I will leave that up in the air. But essentially, I had to talk to someone who was in a higher position of power. And I feel like that is not something that always stresses me out. I feel like I've gone through some stressful stuff in my life before. But I don't know why having this sit-down chat that actually went well, I pushed through um, having just leaning on my social skills. But the aftermath, I did not expect you guys. And I guess it makes sense now because, well, my friend pointed this out to me. A, I had just gotten off my period, so my hormones were going all over the place. My ability to, like, process information is all different. My, like, uh, blood pressure coupled with the hormone imbalances definitely impacted my well-being. And for the two nights prior, I'd only been sleeping five hours each night because I had opening shifts at the bakery, coffee shop, whatever. Um, One thing about me, 
ever since like 2021, I stopped with the whole like five hour, six hour, four hour nights of sleep business. And I don't know if I've literally become a grandma, but I cannot function if I've not had at least seven hours of sleep. So these five hours, I was pushing it. I was literally, I was pushing it. And mind you, one of these five hour nights was a Sunday and then I pushed myself to go to the gym the next day and then the talk was anyway, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, throughout the rest of my shift, I'm like, okay, sorry, just ignore my phone. I'm like, I'm feeling dizzy. I'm not, I'm not feeling great. I, uh, my body's hot. My hands are cold. I feel like I'm going to faint. Um, I'm trying to close, trying to clean. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I must sit down. And then I just go into the corner and start crying. Whatever. It's okay. It's okay. Sydney needed to cry and that's fine. It's not embarrassing. Um, it's normal. It's normal because I pushed myself too far. And that was the point of the tangent, I suppose. Just listen to your body. The body keeps the score, they say. I'm sorry. It's giving, it's giving chaos. Um, let me get back on topic. Now, another big part of, you know, commanding your own respect is by, I mean, we already went over discipline, but discipline is not possible if you don't first think that you are worth the effort. And, you know, there's this philosophy that I've seen circling around online and even just in my conversations with friends is that a lot of the time you're going to be the only one who can push you to do certain things. And you're the only one that can push you to make certain choices that are either going to make you predisposed for greatness or predisposed for failure. Let's say that you're trying to um, get rid of a certain, you know, habit. Maybe you eat out too much, but yet you continue to maybe buy a subscription that'll make eating out more accessible to you. Maybe you will um, not buy the appropriate groceries. So you're literally not able to make food at home. So you have to order. Maybe you, um, I don't know, just continue eating order, eating order out. What does that mean, Sydney? You keep eating out and you just find other ways to spend that money in a nonsensical way. Making sure that you maintain your why on why you're trying to create this habit and thinking that you are worth, you know, leaving the negative space that that particular habit is putting you in that can only come from you. Now, whether that's, you know, friendships that are no longer serving you, nobody else is going to tell you to drop your friends. You know, you can continue being friends with those people and having the, like, energy drained out of you. Maybe you guys are all doing activities that you don't even really stand for. You're like, why am I still here? Why am I still doing this? This doesn't even make sense to me. This doesn't feel authentic to me. Nobody can make you choose a different route, maybe distancing yourself from that group or putting yourselves in other situations in which you can find and meet other types of people that might think similarly to you. That sort of shift can only come from you and it can only come from you recognizing the worth in your time and the worth in your energy and understanding the value that you bring to a table. And something that I really liked that I heard recently from Leo Skeppy, I think it's pronounced. Um, he was talking about in a different pod in, in a podcast, he was talking about how you need to trust that you're worth it because I mean, think of yourself as a kid, whether you had a parent or a grandparent or, you know, a family friend 
whoever raised you, you know, they obviously thought that you were worth the effort. So why are you choosing to believe otherwise? The reality is that if you choose to remain in a space that's no longer serving you, you're kind of accepting that as your fate. You know, you're saying, oh, this is the best I can do. You know, maybe I won't I won't go out there, try to find new friends because, you know, I already have them. You know, I don't want to I would I don't want to have to go through the effort of making new friends. Um, you probably don't even value, you know, what you bring to the table as a friendship, because maybe because this friendship group is not even serving you, maybe you don't even put that much effort anymore. But the thing is that even such a small thing as a friend group that can expand your personality and just your perception of the world and different communities that's not allowed and not um it's not as possible when you're in such a limiting you know reality again and again and again and getting out of that sort of cycle can only come for yourself and it has to come from your valuing of your time and your personality and your company you have to value your own company Another big part about um, commanding respect this time in others is the way that you present yourself. And whether that's, you know, physically or just the energy that you present when around others, that's going to determine whether or not people are able to respect you. And one of those, um, one of the things that falls under this, you know, part is kind of similar to the law of attraction, but you want to kind of dress the way that you would envision your better self-dressing. So let's say that you struggle with, you know, maybe maybe you find yourself in a position where your clothes don't really fit your personality. They don't, you don't really feel like you're shining through. You think that your clothes might even be ill-fitting and it's kind of making you crouch down. Your posture is not great. What is that going to show the world? It's going to show that, okay, you don't really put a lot of time and effort into the way that you look, whether that is just because you don't have the time or maybe you don't really even care about it that much. That's totally fine as well. I'm not saying that everybody needs to look perfect, but you're kind of showing to the people that you don't really care about how you're being seen. And that might be what you want, but for me, you know, I do want to seem as though I kind of have my life together. (laughs) And that's my personal, you know, preference. But for me, I like to dress myself in, you know, the way that the persona I'm feeling, the, the woman I feel like that day, that's what I'm going to dress like. So whether that is the academia look, or the fitness look, or the grocery store mom look that I've spoken many times about, love that outfit that kind of helps me carry myself in a more confident manner just because I feel myself better um, skilled, better prepared for that given task. And I spoke about it in a different episode, but there's this whole, you know, social, what do they call them? Like a social test or social experiment in which they had a bunch of students take this test, right? But some of them wore their regular clothes, some of them wore a lab coat and were told that it was a lab coat, and others wore um, something similar to a lab coat, or maybe it was also a lab coat, but they were told that it was an artist's smock or something like that. 
And then all of the students um, sat down and they took this one math test. And the people that scored the best were those in the lab coat, regardless of, you know, their previous scores. It was oftentimes the, the ones that were dressed for the occasion that performed better in that field. And I think that that's something that psychologically, I'm subconsciously also, works for me in helping me grow my confidence no matter which area I'm in. And before I get into the next topic, I did have to turn my AC on just now, you guys, so I do apologize for the background noise, but it is way too hot in my room. I believe it's like 80 degrees or something, or 85, which is, it's not even as bad as it could be, but it's hot up here. The other major part about presenting yourself in a way that commands respect is about maintaining eye contact. Eye contact is actually huge when it comes to your interactions with others because it can it can communicate a ton of different things. Not only does it show that you might be really attentive and you know you're listening to whoever it is that you're conversing with. You know, at the end of the day, all of us at the top priority, we want to feel heard and that's what makes us feel comfortable with other people. And that's kind of how we find ourselves respecting others and gaining their respect. You're able to step out of yourself and your needs and you're able to hear someone else's story, hear where they're coming from, and be able to adjust the way that you react with those different nuances involved. And, you know, a lot of the time when you are conversing with other people, you might shrink away from the eye contact and you might make it seem as though you might not be comfortable with other people perceiving you because that's also what eye contact is about. Not only are you hearing someone, but you're allowing yourself to be heard and you're allowing, you know, the way that you feel and you're allowing the way that you, you know, think and may approach a situation, you're seeing that and you're sending that message. And so that can also play a major role. Another major benefit of eye contact is your ability to, you know, send a particular message. So whether that is, you know, your ability to hear someone, maybe you are also, you know, maybe you're in distress or somebody else may be in distress and you're able to communicate that with others. Having strong eye contact skills can allow for more and more frequent um, connections with others. Because the more that you shrink into yourself and avoid that sort of intimacy, the more removed you'll be from society and the more removed you'll be from being able to receive those types of interactions. The biggest benefit to having solid eye contact is also just your proactiveness and the proactiveness that it communicates. You know, I said it before, but, you know, you're showing to the person that you're conversing with that they are heard, and it's showing that you're active, and feeling as though your voice matters and whatever you're saying matters, and might even be interesting to another person, that's going to make you feel more comfortable with that person, and a lot of the time, you find comfort in people that you respect, and so those can kind of bleed into each other, at least in my opinion. And 
I'm so sorry, you guys. It's honestly kind of late, and I feel like I'm losing my train of thought pretty often. <laughs> but um, the last thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to earning people's respect is having strong you know, dependability factor, if you will. So the more that people feel that you are dependable and that they can count on you, you're going to earn their respect. Now, this can be shown in multiple different ways, but one of the ways that I've found is that a lot of the times you need to do more listening than talking. And the reason for that, I think, is that when you are constantly talking and expelling, whether it's your thoughts, your feelings, your worries, your regrets, your excitements, your joys, when you're overly expressing those things, people are kind of going to get sick of listening. And that's not to say that what you're saying doesn't matter or what you're saying is, you know, annoying in any shape or form, but there's a certain balance that's necessary. And I feel like the one that's on the side when that balance does get, you know, unbalanced, <laughs> I'm losing my words, um, when that scale kind of tips, the person who's overly talking, it's almost like you're showing your hand too much. And I mean, this is kind of taking a little bit of a darker path when it comes to earning people's respect. But you kind of want to keep your cards close to your chest. And that relates to not only your opinions, but it also kind of relates to your emotions. You have to remain a certain level of stoicism to which they're like, wow, that didn't phase her. That's pretty cool. And so, you know, a lot of the time this will happen to me when I deal with, you know, difficult people, whether that's at work, at home, at school, um, in social situations, in public, on the bus, all of these things. When you're able to keep a kind of lid on your stream of consciousness mind, that can kind of help maintain a certain level of interest in others and a certain level of, well, I, I really, I wonder what she's thinking, you know? And then you, the amount um, and the speed at which you release your thoughts and your opinions, I think that that can actually have a major impact on how you're perceived. And I do think that to a certain extent that just depends on your personality. But I do think that being able to be more of a listener than a talker can show that you're dependable. People can come to you if they have worries and regrets. Um, also, being able to keep and maintain people's privacy. You know, if somebody shares an opinion with you, you're not going to go and blabber that out to everybody you know or all of your mutuals because, number one, that's snaky, and number two, you know, you're destroying that trust that you've built with this person. Being able to show to others that they can come to you in their time of need or um, that they can just count on you to support them whether in however way that is, having that be one of your personality traits, that's going to help people feel comfortable around you dependent, um, dependent on you, that sounds bad, but you know, they can count on you, and just respect you overall. So those are some of my tips. I feel like I have more, but maybe I'll revisit the topic later. I am quite tired. It has now, the clock has struck 12, this 12.07, so this episode will be airing live, live, what am I trying to say? 
will be airing late. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed the new mic. How exciting! Um, I feel like a new era is coming and I'm very excited about it. But I hope everybody has a fantastic week and we shall talk soon. Bye!